0: Welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Broncos podcast, our first draft edition of the Let's Talk Broncos podcast. Uh, as always, Joey's joining me. Joey, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well. Really excited about our guest today. We'll get into it in a second. Talk some draft. My absolute favorite thing. We're here again. Um, no, no, no changes uh, with the new podcast yet. What's on draft is still a thing, and I'm excited to dig into it. Yeah, let's go.
0: Likewise. Yeah, it would be stupid to leave uh, the draft coverage right now as draft season's starting to heat up. And uh, we added uh, an awesome guest today who's going to break down really the positions that he specializes in. Patrick Kioti, thank you so much for joining the show. How are, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, come on. You guys know that I love talking ball with you guys. I, I love being a part of any show that you guys are going to do. It is great to be here. Uh, draft season is in full swing, and it's a great time to be alive in the football world.
1: Here we go. So Pat yeah, just absolutely. reached 2,000 followers. Pat, Pat, as, did you, yeah, as, <laughs> as did you, Joey. Yeah,
2: as did you. Don't sit there and act like you didn't. I know Zach's probably up there I too haven't. now.
0: I'm close. Well, I'm inches away. Oh,
2: my gosh. You, you know, uh, it, it's cool having, like, it's cool having over 2200 now I think is where we're at. Um, you know it, it's it's an awesome feeling. Um, it's just a lot of eyes on uh, you know any kind of content that I put out but mainly it's it's the reason that I love having this many followers and like I the reason why I'm gonna love having more eventually is just because I get to share your guys's work as well. I get to share uh, other people in the, the football community's work, other coaches, Um, I get to learn from other people, which is the best thing possible. Um, And, you know, I I get to interact with so many awesome people and sometimes some weird people, but that's fine, too. Um, I I just I really love being able to uh, share and get as many eyes on as much content as possible. The more the more, you know, is the better.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, man. Being able to share people's work is awesome. Stuff like that. Being able to help. Other people out. It's such a luxury in this thing. From where you, we all just were where we needed the help out. Um, so it's a really cool thing. It's a really cool thing. Yeah, it, it's great.
0: Can't wait to get to to that level and and have the special <laughs> uh, uh, settings button. Yeah,
1: Zach. You uh, know,
2: uh, <laughs> when you get to the two thousand yeah, you, <laughs> you let
1: us know. That's, over that's like <laughs> that's um, like a hundred followers away from having influencer in his bio. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. uh, draft
2: consultant,
0: yeah. uh, professional influencer. Yeah, Selling so sketchy products the whole nine. Um But uh, uh, I think before we get into the uh, draft prospects here, Pat, want to get your thoughts on special teams because I think I speak for myself, but I think I speak for most of our listeners and most of Broncos country that we don't know uh, uh, the in and outs of special teams techniques and um, strategy and schematics. Yeah. What is going to change from Tom McMahon to Stooks? Like, why should we expect things to be better now?
2: Well, I, I think the biggest thing, um, you know, really, I, uh, I, I want to lead off with uh, me being a special teams coordinator and really kind of learning how to be a special teams coordinator it's definitely a mindset and dwayne stukes actually mentioned this in his uh in his presser it's a it's a we not a me attitude um you know i, I had the i had the chance to sit down and chat with uh, former bronco uh Kayvon webster who you know i reached out to him for some help with special teams drills and different stuff like that and, and any advice that he could have for me and the biggest thing that he noted was it's all about attitude. It's just a you gotta have guys that really emphasize special teams as a part of the game. We can sit and talk about offense and defense all day, but the fact of the matter is special teams wins and loses football games. And it was very evident when Tom, excuse me, when Tom McMahon was the head, uh, was the special teams coordinator. Uh, just a, a couple of quick notes that I found from uh, doing my research for the show. Denver was the worst team in the league as far as kickoff returns and kickoff coverage. And they, but they were third in the league in punt coverage. What that tells me is there's a lack of discipline to with kickoffs. It's all about lanes. It's, it's lane discipline. It's how you attack your lanes. Um, and from what I gathered about Tom McMahon, he's a very like directional guy. Like he, he's not really, uh, you know, he doesn't really challenge the special teams of the opponents. He's just like, all right, we're going to go left or we're going to go right. We're going to cover left. We're going to cover right kind of guy. What we're going to see with Dwayne Stoops is a new kind of mindset, like a, a reset of the mindset. So when we're looking at this special teams unit and we're looking at the athletes that we currently have on this roster, there's gonna they're probably going to come out a lot more disciplined than we think. Uh, the, the Rams were the fifth best team in punt returns and punt coverage, something that is huge. Uh, they were fifth best in uh, net punting. They were second in the league in field goal percentage, which is a great sign for Brandon McManus. I know that he had his own frustrations with Tom McMahon. He had his own frustrations with how special teams was handled with the last staff so I think that this is kind of a a refresh my biggest question and this is the question that you guys had is is how is he going to improve our special teams coverage there were a couple areas where the Rams weren't uh very high in the league but I think that this this mentality that he's bringing in this attitude that he's bringing in I think it's going to be a big shift Tom McMahon managed to push out one of the best punters one of the best punters in since the year 2000 that we have seen in the NFL. He managed to push him out in less than a season. I think that we're going to see a big change, a big shift in the special teams momentum and the special teams mindset. This is going to be a completely different, uh, different unit as far as I'm concerned. Denver has an advantage that no other team in the NFL has for special teams, right? We've got the thin air. We've got low oxygen levels special teams is where you can attack teams and you can surprise teams um i think that uh i'm i'm very interested to see the direction that he goes with punter um i'm interested to see what kind of punt uh he uses whether it's a shield punt that we've kind of been seeing teams go to or whether it's more of a traditional punt where you have two wide gunners and they kind of you know they work to seal that edge But I think the the biggest thing is changing the mindset. That's got to be first and foremost.
1: Yeah, and that punter you're speaking of, Pat, he didn't have very kind things to say about Tom McMahon on Twitter right after he got Uh fired, making sure that, hey, you can sign me now that he's gone. That's actually what he said. Like, So it just (laughs) tells you about what the culture was like under Tom McMahon. If the resume wasn't enough where you're one of the worst special teams for – I think it was for four years he was a Bronco mm-hmm. under the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just ridiculous. I don't know how the guy was retained this long. I don't know how he was hired again. It just shows up a yeah. lot in the hiring system to me that yeah. someone with that resume can even get hired again. But I, I think it's only up from here. I think it's gonna be tough to get somebody worse than what we had, truthfully.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean Marquette King's not the only guy that's had negative things to say about tom mcmahon I, I think we all are McManus, very aware of. as you said yeah Mc, mcmanus had some things to say about him but uh pat mcafee has been very adamant about how does this guy have a job in the nfl i mean he he designed oh really the, i thought they were tight no i mean that uh that gear the year that they had the worst play in special teams history i mean he's been very vocal about you know it, he can't, you know, publicly bash the guy, yeah. but he's he's said things here and there uh, about, you know, this right. <laughs> this guy doesn't really know what he's doing, um, and he wanted McAfee to to change his punting style as well, and that uh, him and Grigson, you know, the, their relationship was uh, a very strange one, but his biggest thing was, oh, I you're going to do it my way, and and we kind of talked about that today, Zach, with this last coaching staff it was a lot of that and it rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way and when that trickles down to special teams that's going to be your downfall you know having having good special teams helps you with field position it helps relieve some of the offensive pressure that those guys have and when you look back at the broncos over the last couple of years our starting field position off of punts has not been very good it has hurt the offense tremendously. And when you're having to start drives inside the 20 consistently, it's really tough for the offense to succeed unless you have a, a very high-powered offense, which they just haven't. So special teams has really hurt the Broncos over the last few years. I'm really excited to see what Dwayne Stoops can do. He's a former DB. He has special teams experience. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to what he can do, how he can mix it up, and how he can make this unit better because, at the end of the day, like I said, it can win games or it can lose games very easily.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree yeah. with you. Go ahead, Zach. Actually,
0: no, I'm fine. I was gonna uh, move us to the defensive back. So, if you have something else on special teams, take
1: it. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna emphasize how disappointing it was this last season because. When you think about it, they they traded for players, like they they made moves for special teams players. I thought in the draft yeah. they 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 tried to make moves for it, um, getting all the DBs that they got. Like those are guys yeah. that should contribute on special teams. Um, I'm forgetting his name right now. The guy from the Lions that we got uh, number twelve. He's a cornerback. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, Willis, Willis. Yeah, isn't it something? Uh,
0: like that? I Tra- think it was Tra- Matt Willis. Willis?
2: I don't know or no. I, don't it, close- I I I know who you're talking about. He had the he had long
1: dreads. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: I, I mistook him for Tyree Cleveland a couple of times. Mike Ford. Yeah, yeah Mike I'm Ford. Really. That's who so, it was. Mike Ford. The big special
1: teams yeah. contributor that the Broncos went and went after. Um Mike Boone was out for a large part of the season. Yeah. Josie Jewel Jonas was a,
2: Griffith. Josie yeah. Jewell was
1: arguably the, the biggest
2: loss. In my opinion, Josie Jewell was the biggest loss. To the Broncos Correct.
1: special teams. But what made it so disappointing is that these are all players that the Broncos poured resources into. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't see other teams really doing that that often. Like, I just, I, I feel like no. they go draft their guys. Um, the guys that are on the bottom of the roster, they're playing special teams, and somehow the coaches still get these special teams to play well. The Broncos haven't been able to do that despite actually making moves for special teams players. So, yeah, I just cherry on top of the disappointment, I guess
2: yeah it's it's a, it's a good point yeah it, it is and and the fact that they're using those resources to go get those guys and other guys lose out on it, it it's really tough you know I, I think one of the things that McMahon was trying to uh, was trying to emphasize was oh we got to have speed on our special teams well the speed really didn't do anything for you it, it really didn't punt coverage was not there uh, even though you have a guy who's a I would consider Sam Martin to be a pretty good punter in the NFL. Uh, but when we look at historically, when we look at Denver punters, I mean, I grew up with Colquitt. So like that guy had a, that guy had a boot and the ball was in the air for a long time. That's the kind of guy that you want. And honestly, that's what I thought we were getting with Marquette King. And unfortunately, Tom McMahon's uh, stubbornness to have him punt a certain way was just ridiculous. And, and actually, Sua Cravens actually talked to me about that as well um he really was just gung-ho about oh just get downfield just get downfield well when you're changing how a guy punts and you're forcing him to punt the ball a certain way that doesn't exactly work so you know what I try to do with with my punt routine my punt team is I, I teach them you know hey we got to stay disciplined and we got to stay in our lanes. That's the biggest thing. I had two instances this last season where one guy, one guy blew his lane and both of those instances led to touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, we the, the largest kick return I think we had was maybe 10 yards. Yeah. That's it. But one guy, that's how important it is. One guy not sticking to his assignment, not sticking to his lane. Can blow the whole thing wide open so when you put a focus more on discipline rather than all right hey we just got to go get it you know you got to do it my way you're gonna no that doesn't work and that's the way that tom mcmahon was i expect the raiders to be in the bottom of the league in all special teams categories uh you know he he doesn't have the he's got a pretty good punter down there and a, a decent kicker but he had those things here too and he blew it so we'll see how it goes uh, I, I don't have high hopes for him, but I do have high hopes for Because so I love his attitude, love his mentality, very excited to see what he can bring to the game.
1: Yeah, and I tweeted this. If Tom McMahon um, <clears throat> is offering any maybe mock resumes for me or maybe we can run through an interview <laughs> together, that would be terrific. <laughs>
2: yeah, same, man. I would
0: <laughs> I would love that.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for real. interview, the guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it, it would be a fascinating interview. Um, I think going uh, uh, on to the defensive back, some of the uh, the positions we're going to dive into here for the the draft, um, uh, uh, those being cornerback and tight end specifically nickel because uh, you coach those positions, Pat. Yeah. Um, let's start out with uh, defensive back. Yeah. Um, because uh, it's, I think it's a sneaky, huge need for this Broncos team. They have 96.6% of their nickel snaps uh, set to hit free agency. Maybe they bring back Hairston, but it's still likely to be a need on some level. Yeah. Uh, Pat, uh, what, which prospect do you want to highlight here, I guess? Who, who's the guy that you watched? Well, I mean, I think that there's a few.
2: Um, there's definitely a few guys. I think first I want to touch, uh, touch on your point of – you know, the guy's hitting free agency. So, you know, Bryce Callahan is, is set to hit free agency. I doubt that they bring him back for a long-term deal. Maybe if they can get him on a short, cheap deal, that would be fine. Uh, but I think his services are going to be wanted elsewhere. He arguably was one of the best defensive players for the Broncos, uh, this last season. And I, I, i really love what he can bring to the defense but he's got to stay on the field and it's really hard if if he prices himself out you know that's fine i don't think we can really rely on harrison all that much to be an every down guy is saying Bassie is is back on the team for now um i would love to see if if he's gets the majority of the reps going into training camp i know he's coming back from that injury um and and he was honestly kind of uh from what i what i have heard don't quote me on this, but what I have heard is that he was kind of blackballed towards the end of the season uh by the Vic Pangio staff as well. So, you know, based on that information, looking at corners in this draft class, they, there are a lot of cornerbacks in this class and a lot that I really like. Uh, the the ones that I think would be best in the slot, though, you could really take either one of those Washington kids. Trent McDuffie and, uh, Kyler Gordon. And, you know, they've got that, that kind of slot size, but the thing that I love about Washington DBs and, and I've, you know, we've seen Buddha Baker, we've seen, uh, um, what's his name that's playing for the Cardinals as well. Um, can't remember his name, but Byron Murphy. Yes. Thank you. Byron Murphy. The thing that I love about these DBs is it doesn't matter that they're smaller because Byron Murphy is about the same size as Bryce Callahan. They play bigger and they play through the ball always. They're all—I mean, Byron. When Byron Murphy came out, I think he was first in the nation in PBUs with like 14. That's absurd, right? Um, You know, didn't have super high interception numbers, but he was playing through the hands always. So that's just a technique that we've seen these guys play with. Uh, uh, Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie, kind of that same way, right? These guys are not very big. They play bigger than they look, and they play very physical through the catch. So that's something that you like to see. Uh, Can they translate to being a nickel at the next level? I think that both of them can. I think another guy to look out for is uh, Mikel Wright from Oregon, same same kind of deal not exactly the biggest guy but a ton of speed plays a lot bigger than he looks um and then the other one that i uh marcus jones is another one too not a big guy but burners he's got burners uh he's a little bit older but i i would like to see how he can translate uh to the nfl game i know he's coming from houston so uh who knows what kind of competition he's actually gone up against. Um, and then there was one more, and it was the kid from U- Tariq Woolen. He's he's a bit bigger. He's about 6'4", but I do like his tools and I like his speed. I don't know if he's exactly built to be a slot guy, um, but I do like what he can offer. There's a couple other guys that I've been looking at in this class as well, but I think those the three that I mentioned before, uh, Wright, McDuffie, and Gordon, those are the guys that I would love to see if they really wanted to go for a nickel corner. That's what I would like to see. Um, there's been some chatter about uh, Sauce Gardner, perhaps translating to a, a, a slot guy in the NFL. And I just don't see that. I think he's very long and, and he plays very well as a boundary corner. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, Kobe Bryant is kind of that same way. I, I like both of those guys as outside guys. But the Pac-12 boys, Wright, uh, McDuffie, and Gordon, those are going to be the guys that I have my eyes on.
1: Yeah, no. <clears throat> great, great options there. I, I'll just add on, um, and then I'll let Zach take the floor. I want to just add on to Trent McDuffie because he's my absolute – He's
0: your beast. guy, Red Star. Oh,
1: yeah, McDuffie is my brand guy right now. I absolutely love <laughs> Trent McDuffie. To add on to that list of Washington corners too, a guy I loved last year was Elijah Molden. A similar mm-hmm. thing, like plays so much bigger, so instinctual. Um, not afraid. one was a small guy, but still coming up, sticking people. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, McDuffie's I
0: better than Morgan.
1: But McDuffie is such a hustler. I fall in love with these type of corners every single year, where you can see him um, a jet sweep go from his side to the other side. He's still making the tackle. Type of player, and it's he's he's awesome. I think he's a little scheme specific. Um, I think with his uh, lack of length, you are probably. I think he's mm-hmm. more suited to play the nickel. <clears throat> I think he could be a really, really good nickel. I, one of the big things everyone kind of forgets about when they scout these nickels is that they're closer to the line of scrimmage. You're going to need yeah. them to tackle. It's something they're in. Sometimes you want to blitz them. There's different things that we, you, you can use with those guys. And um, having that tenacity that Trent McDuffie has is, could be really useful for the Broncos. So
2: here's, here's, that's a great point too, Joey, because here's a couple of guys that could be in that conversation as well. Roger McCreary yeah. from Auburn. I do like him outside, but Darion Delight Kendrick
1: is
0: bad with McCreary, though. Yes.
2: And that's the thing. So put him inside. Darion Kendrick, great tackler. Yeah. Some off the field issues as far as like maturity goes. I, there was a big, there's been a lot of like hubbubaloo about, you know, oh, he, he's got attitude issues. No, he, he had a kid right? He had a kid and then he left Clemson and he transferred. Um, I think that he's uber physical. I think he's going to fall to the second round um, just, you know, based off of red flags and things that I've heard. But I I think that he could be a viable guy there too. So those are a couple of options. Just guys that I I like as corner tacklers, um, probably aiming for that second round spot. So I don't know if those guys can translate well to the slot, um, but I do like their tackling ability. So
0: that's where I sit with them. One of the guys you listed um, and it ties in with some of the special, special teams conversation Mm -hmm. is Marcus Jones. Um, I, he's the one I I really dove into to spotlight for this episode. And I think he is really exciting. Um, uh, uh, All the returner stuff is there. Like he is twitched up. I think he can be, like maybe a Tyreek Hill is lofty, but he'll, he'll be one of the better returners in the league. Like an actual uh, a force as a returner, a guy who makes an impact um, consistently over the course of the season. And then I liked him as a corner a lot more than I was expecting. The way I had heard the media talk about him, I was expecting, um, well, all the focus seemed to be on returning. So I wasn't expecting him right. to be as good of a corner as he is. And I thought he was really, really nice in the nickel. They play him outside some. I wouldn't want to do that because he's 5'8", 180. But um, I think he can be a really good nickel. Uh, uh, The big concern with someone who's that small, I think, is going to be, you know, can they tackle? Like Joey said, you know, nickel is going to be close to the ball. You need them to be able to tackle. Marcus Jones tackles. He is Mm -hmm. raw in a lot of the coverage aspects of his game, but his tackling technique is polished. He knows how to win despite his size. Um, and yeah, goes low, strong technique, wraps up and, and takes bigger guys down, uh, more frequently than not. I do think, um, again, he, he's a little raw in coverage. He rounds off, uh, routes at the break point. Um, his ball skills are just kind of average, which sucks for how explosive a player he is. Um, I'm trying to pull up my notes really quick. Uh, he's very grabby. I think, I think he's going to mm-hmm. get called for PI a good bit at the next level. Yeah. Um, And then he panics at times on like a big play, a a deep ball. You'll see him. He doesn't want to track the ball. He wants to try and play through the receiver. Um, He's going to – there's some development that needs to be there. The He's one of the best athletes in this draft. Like you're looking at five-star athlete um, who can impact the game in special teams immediately and and has the potential to, I think, be a a plus nickel at the next level.
2: Yeah, and I I think going back – circling back to our conversation, this could be a draft where – um George Payton looks at someone like Marcus Jones and says hey you know I'm done with Deontay Spencer uh give me Marcus Jones as our main return guy and even if that's the case hey we've got corner depth now we've got someone that we can kind of spend the time to develop um into a, a a decent nickel corner or someone that can play in dime packages but most of all is we have a return guy and we have a, a, a guy that's going to put us in a good position for the offense to win. So I actually wouldn't mind Marcus Jones. Wouldn't at all.
1: Yeah. I like it. That's such an underrated thing with this. I've been kind of leading that, talking about that a little bit, is that whether you're looking at cornerback or wide receiver, the Broncos are, should be looking at return men. This is something that they need, I think. Yeah. His, they're kind of um, – he didn't, he didn't play as well from last year as he did the year before. Not nearly not, as well.
0: No. Well, and it yeah. it could be a bonus in multiple ways. Not only are you taking Deontay Spencer, who the last two seasons has been very mediocre, you know, as a returner, and mediocre might be generous. And because he's not producing as a receiver, he is you're wasting a, a roster spot on having a returner. Marcus Jones, one upgrade, you're getting a more dynamic returner, and you're not having to waste the roster spot anymore because he can be your number two nickel you know, perhaps, um, or an ins- maybe you bring back Bryce Callahan and he's your insurance policy. Um, I, I don't think you'd want him to be your number one guy in the room, um, no. but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried about um, having him being behind Callahan. Yeah, he is probably going to have to start for a game or two, but I don't think he's that raw where he couldn't um, manage that. I, I And his traits, he's so twitched up and so fast. Like, I think he's going to, uh, he's gonna. There's not many people that'll be a mismatch against him, outside of like big slots like a LaVisca Chenault or something.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: I I think that
2: you know I, I'm really excited to see how uh, Everell coaches up this this defense, and that could be one of the big factors too. Is is what kind of what kind of slide is he looking for? You know what kind of what kind of guy is he looking for? to To play that role in this defense, because if if three four is going to be our base, you know we might not see as much nickel. I I still think we will see a ton of nickel, uh, but if if three four is going to be that base, you know who is going to be the guy to come in and play that nickel side? He's got to be good. He's got to be efficient because if we're in those situations, he's got to know what he. We can't have a guy that's, you know, not coached up or, or is still trying to learn this position, we got to have someone who can come in, play that role and come out when needed. So uh, I think Bryce Callahan still is the best option. It just depends on the price tag and the contract that he wants. But, uh, I think this, the special teams aspect is the biggest point of that. And when we're looking at these corners, Marcus Jones stands out as that type of special teams guy that can come in Play the special teams role and still get coached up in that nickel, uh, that nickel corner position. So I love that.
0: Yeah, I, I think and and a little cheaper than a McDuffie or some of the other guys we were talking about in terms of where you're going to get him. Yeah. Uh, Joey, did you have a, a nickel you wanted to spotlight?
1: Yeah, or I'm not, kind of with guy. it though. People kind of list him well, as a fine. safety, but. Uh... <laughs> I think if the Broncos wanted to trade down a little bit, Daxon Hill would make some sense there as, oh. a, as, a, as a nickel guy, oh. kind of your hybrid. You really, and we talked about earlier about a guy that's closer to the line of scrimmage, and I don't know. That's something I really look at, especially for my nickel corners. Daxon Hill could be such a creative weapon for a defense at that nickel spot. You could blitz him. You could you have big support in the run. Um, you think? I mean, I've I've heard people float out that they want him to be an outside corner in the league. That's how fluid and athletic and what long mm-hmm. he is. Uh, but so he's a,
0: another five star athlete. real yeah, quick. Yeah,
1: yeah huge ras guy. Something we all know. George, or he will be a huge ras guy. My assumption. Something George Payton really likes. Uh, I just think that one would make a ton of sense, and I think it could really be a weapon to your defense, not just your regular uh, nickel corner.
2: And if if whatever says is true about wanting to bring more pressure, that's a guy. I mean, that's that really is a guy. And that's also someone if we if we do think about this, we're sticking with three, four. Right. You get a guy like like Hill who can play in that slot role as a safety if they go man coverage or they go, you know, cover three or or, you know, Whatever coverage they want to play, but they need someone to stick in the slot. I mean, Daxon Hill's right there. I do have a a sleeper. You you mentioned safety, someone that can play in the slot. Nobody's heard of him. Okay. I don't see anybody talking about him. Uh, Kid from Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. No one's talking about this kid at all. Fresh on the scene. Huge guy, huge guy. Very fast. Change of direction is insane. He can cover any position on the field. Uh, I mean, if he f- if he fell to nine, uh, now I'm being real, guys. I heard he's uh, tall, right? <laughs> very tall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if if you know, this is me being real now for the for all the listeners. If if he somehow magically falls down to nine, yeah. I don't. I really don't see a way that George Payton says no to that. Because we have a we We're have awesome. a we have a we have a missing piece at strong safety right now. Is Caden Stearns going to step up and be the starting safety? Maybe, probably. We still have Jermaine Johnson there as well. Or
0: that, Jamar,
2: sorry. Jamar, Thank you, you. Yeah.
0: Jamar Johnson.
2: Edge. I'm thinking about edge rushers right now. Uh, we still have Jamar Johnson uh, who's coming off of injury. I think that he's a lot of fun, but I don't think that he's going to be a starting caliber safety. If you have a player like Kyle Hamilton fall to you for some reason, because some GM, eight GMs overthought this guy, pull the trigger. That's an instant plug and play into this defense. And it makes this defense possibly, you know, It's already one of the top units in the league, but it keeps us there. And it possibly puts us even higher, right? So, and that is a guy who can cover the slot. He's a guy who can tackle, a guy who takes crazy angles in his run defense. That's just someone that, you know, if he fell, I'd be all over it uh, from a DB standpoint. But...
0: And and especially in this class, because there's not that... Or there's not many of those elite talents. There's not... Like I think of the year where there was Zeke Elliott and Jalen Ramsey and Laramie Tunstall. And it was like, right. there's a number of elite talents and you've got the quarterbacks at the top. There's not those guys at the top of the draft this year where no. Kyle Hamilton is, is I think undeniably a top three player. I'd say the large oh. majority of people think he's the best player in the draft. He's if he tough. falls to nine purely because of positional value, like take it because he is so much better than the other guys that will be on the board there at nine. And I think we all love Justin Simmons on this show. We, we should. He's a remarkable oh, yeah. player. But with that contract, the Broncos can hypothetically – so even like let's say Caden Stearns does take over for Kareem Jackson. Justin Simmons is going to be 30-plus mm-hmm. in two, three years, and you will be able to get out of that contract. Maybe all of a sudden you trade – like we saw what Jamal Adams, who can't play outside of the box, went for – Maybe you trade Justin Simmons, Um, and I know Broncos fans like this is. There are scouts that have described Kyle Hamilton as a rich man's Justin Simmons. Oh yeah, that's like, and scouts don't like crazy comps. That's just to put into perspective of how nuts Kyle Hamilton is. I just, it's worth the shot.
2: I think a lot of people, um, and this is just from my experience outside of Twitter. I see a lot of people on. Uh, different social media platforms, Instagram and and Facebook, talk about, oh, you know, we got to take a quarterback at nine or we got to take an offensive tackle at nine. Like we have to, we have to do this. First of all, that's not our biggest need. Okay. Second of all, if you have the best player in the draft fall to you. I have not seen a single person on any of those platforms talk about the fact that Kareem Jackson is a free agent and we don't have a viable answer for him at strong safety. I haven't seen anyone talk about it. No one. Not a single person. Like that's a it's still a need, right? It's still just because just because Caden Stearns is there doesn't mean that the, the need is filled. If you have a player of Kyle Hamilton's caliber come in and fall right into your lap, take it, you run with it you prosper and you flourish and in a couple years like you said if justin simmons contract is getting up there caden stearns is is becoming a better player what have you you trade him you get some draft assets now you have a you still have a top safety tandem in the nfl because justin simmons was what a fourth round pick and he's blossomed into this elite nfl safety yeah pair him with kyle hamilton live to uh, live to see that Lombardi trophy come back to uh, Colorado
1: yeah I I think man Caden Stearns doesn't stop me from taking the best player in the draft as you said no. it's just that simple to me I think Kyle Hamilton is a freak he's what he reminds me of is last year we had Kyle Pitts play tight end this year we have Kyle Hamilton play safety I think they're both Kyle Pitts was the best tight end I had ever scouted and I think Kyle Hamilton's the best safety I'd ever scouted after out, out of college and it just <laughs> buys this whole uh, positional value thing because when you have a guy you actually believe is going to be like top three at their position in the league, you go ahead and take them, throw that away. Um, And Kyle Hamilton's that type of talent to me.
0: No. And to that point, it's like, I'm expecting Kyle Hamilton to make multiple all pro teams and that's lofty praise, but it's well-deserved. If any other player in this draft made, and again, that's the expectation for Hamilton. If any other player in this draft made multiple All-Pro teams in their career, I'd be like, "Wow, that's a pleasant." Maybe Linderbaum. Take that back. Maybe Linderbaum yeah, maybe. is the only other guy. Maybe I think, I, Neil. I maybe Evan Neal. I yeah, think that's, it. that's the other one I thought. Outside of anyone else, is like, oh, they Derek Stingley. Maybe if he if he gets healthy, but those are like the elite talents in this class. I think if Hamilton's there, you take him, and it's like. Ed Reed's the greatest safety ever. Okay. He would, probably Ed doesn't end up being Ed Reed. But would you take <laughs> Ed Reed ninth overall? Yeah. 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 Even with Aiden Stearns back there? Yeah. No, I was, wouldn't think twice about it.
2: I was just going to say, Kyle, Ham- this is going to sound controversial, but like Kyle Hamilton, it reminds me a lot of Ed Reed. The speed, the instincts, the, the tackling ability, the, uh, you know, support in the run game. Like, that is a guy who is like ed reed 2.0 if he and, and if even, he plays special teams as well he is ed reed 2.0 because ed reed
0: loved special teams and if he like let's say he doesn't even get ed reed level because that is probably the best safety ever it is incredibly well yes. he ends up being a a, a John Lynch caliber player, which is well within the realm of possibility when you look at his talent. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, he's a much better coverage player. But I just mean that level of multiple oh, All yeah. Pro safety. You take that at nine. That's worth like get, get blue chips on the field. Yeah, get blue chips on the field. Yeah, it doesn't really like yeah. You would rather it be a tackle than a guard or a corner than a safety. But fuck it, get the dude on the field.
2: Yeah, I completely agree.
0: Damn, Zach dropping f bombs. Oh, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm off mainly now. I can be uh, <laughs> a, a bad you, the, the uh, bad
2: the Evil Seekers is out in yeah, full exactly. force. All right, let's get to tight um, ends.
0: Yes, tight ends here. Uh, uh, I've spent a lot of time on nickels. Pat, is there an individual tight end or a, a bunch of tight ends you want to uh, spotlight here? I mean, look, this, this tight end class is not
2: – I mean, it's just not –
0: I actually don't like, dislike it. There's not I, the superstars, they, but I think there's the good mid-round guys that the Broncos that fits so, what the Broncos
2: want. So here's what I'm
0: he, here was my criteria coming into this.
2: <clears throat> We're going to outside zone. Outside zone requires decent blocking, good athleticism. Right, <clears throat> got to be able to block backside. Got to got to be able to to you know turn guys out if needed. Got to be able to be physical. Um, I, I I spent some time watching tight ends. I spent time watching tight ends today, and I just like there are not a lot of good blocking tight ends in this class. Obviously, Trey McBride is probably the best fit for this offense. He's really good uh, down blocking he he down blocks with ferocity I mean, go back and watch the senior bowl uh, practices and go back and watch his senior bowl one-on-ones go back and watch the senior bowl um he blocks and, and you love to see it he's the best all-around tight end in this class by a long shot um has uh, got nasty in his blocking game which you love to see and he was George Payton went to see him he went to that game he saw him in person did the Broncos have a chance at getting him Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know if he falls to 40, but he probably does. I mean, it, there's a lot of other players in this draft class that are probably going to go before a tight end goes. Um, but some team out there is going to draft him, probably like a team like Indianapolis uh, or other uh, other teams that really like to run the ball. They're going to draft McBride and they're going to get one hell of a football player. Um, he's big. He's a great receiver. He knows how to, he makes great contested catches and he loves to block in the run game. Outside of that, there were a couple of guys that I saw that I, that, you know, really caught my eye. Um, <clears throat> Kate Otten from Washington. I've been on this train for a while. This, this is a guy that you can probably get in the mid rounds. He is, he's not the best blocker, but he is a willing blocker. And that's what you want. The, and the biggest thing that we have to remember with this is we're not drafting for a tight end one. And anytime I've posted a mock draft and people are like, Oh my God, another tight end. <laughs> like, Yeah. Shut up. You can't have enough. Yeah. You can't have enough. It's outside zone. One of them's probably going to be playing H back most likely. So they're going to be helping in that aspect, but of all the of all the things I'm gonna rant here for a minute of all the things that piss me off when people you know when I post a mock draft with a tight end at 40 a tight end like Trey McBride a Colorado kid and people are like oh my God why would you take why would you take Trey McBride with your first pick well first of all you spent the last three years bitching and whining about how bad noah fant is as a blocker and then you got albert o out there who is a decent blocker but he's not the best blocker but those guys were also blocking in gap scheme which is completely different i'm getting this is a new coaching staff they have a new vision of what they want to do on offense they probably have a new vision of what they want to do at that position is andrew beck going to be that guy probably not so let's get another guy in there let's freshen it up plus noah fant's Approaching the final time of his contract in Denver, are they gonna re-sign him for the long term? I don't know, but I think not that if this- he
0: turns it around or not if right. he doesn't,
2: and I I part of me says he does because they're going to this outside zone, which he's more familiar with and kind of benefits him a little bit more rather than having to go one-on-one with a lot of guys. I think that is gonna be really beneficial for him, but it, if you have the opportunity to get the best player at a certain position you have to go after that guy it doesn't matter if it's if you already have two guys in the same locker room look at we always point back to New England we always point back to New England they they took Rob Gronkowski and he who shall not be named in the same draft class in the same draft class and they flourished in both run blocking and receiving so you take a guy who's a good blocker and fits your system well. So that being said, rant over. Trey McBride, Kate Auten, uh Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State.
0: I came away pretty happy about him. I, I did. Interesting. I, I did. And
2: the reason – Sorry, I just
0: saw the po- – oh, my God. I'm the worst. Continue, Pat. Never mind. No, you're fine. <laughs> I, the reason I'm excited about him
2: is, you know – there were times where his blocking was meh there were times where he it almost looked like he kind of wimped out on a couple of blocks which you don't want to see at all um but I'm kind of interested to see how he would fit um as like a U tight end or they call it the move tight end now um in an outside zone offense he is awesome catching the ball he's really physical out he takes hits and he fights for yards, and, and that's what you want to see. I think I like him vertically as well, so play action is a big thing. Uh, but we have Alberto for that, and I think he's a lot faster. Um, Isaiah likely was a guy that kind of you know piqued my interest a little bit. I did not love his blocking, but I thought he was decent. There were a couple times where in I watched the Kansas game. I went back and watched that one, um, and there were a couple times where he was pushed back a few times. Don't like to see that as a blocker take notes kids uh but he is awesome after the catch as well he had a 99 yard touchdown which is something that's unheard of from a tight end the last one uh or last two turner cole turner from nevada not a good blocker awesome receiver special teams guy i made sure to highlight that for this show um the last one I like fell in love. (laughs) I fell in love with this guy. Jelani Woods out of Virginia. He is 6'7, 260. enormous, really good blocker needs to get a little bit better with his technique, but he is mean. He's awesome. After the catch, he takes hits. Uh, I think that he'd be a really fun tight end three in this offense. Um, but yeah, those are those are just some of my guys. There, uh, I I looked into the tight end from Oregon State as well, just for uh, you know shits and gigs. I think you know if you're looking for a guy as an undrafted free agent, um, maybe someone that can come in and and play, kind of play that in line blocking tight end kind of guy. I think that that would be you know a decent U, uh, UD, UDFA choice. But uh, yeah, McBride, Auden, likely Ruckert, Jelani Woods. Those that's that's my ranking right now.
1: Yeah, I'll be yeah. honest with you guys here. Um, I haven't dug deep into the title. Ooh,
2: ooh, Joey.
1: It's the worst position. <laughs> Shame. I don't
2: even know about it. I know about it. <laughs> hey, I and you know what? I I don't blame you honestly. Um, you know, a lot of people don't really want to see tight end as a, as a need for the Broncos. But I think it is like, it's one of those things where you kind of got to question it. Um, you know, and, and it could be a, somewhere where George Payton says, okay, we're just going to go out and get a free agent guy. Uh, maybe a guy like Robert Tunyon, um, who's very familiar with this type of offense. Um, you know, maybe they make a splash trade and, and go after George Kittle. Who knows? I don't know. But uh you know, I think that this is one of those positions where not a lot of people are really looking at, looking at it as a need. But when you're switching your offensive philosophy, especially in the run game, when you're switching from uh, a, a gap scheme, which is what we ran <clears throat> for the last few seasons, it was like a, a weird mix of gap and inside zone, which I absolutely can't stand. Um, and you're switching that to an outside zone or a wide zone offense. The blocking responsibilities for a tight end become way different. Uh, your aiming points for your hands are a lot different. Your aiming point for your feet is a lot different. I think, like I said, Noah Fant is probably going to flourish in this offense as a blocker uh, because this is a lot of what they did at Iowa. Granted, he was more of the U tight end at Iowa where uh, Hawkinson was the traditional Y guy, but it's still something that he's familiar with. And if I've learned anything over the years, Ferenc is probably one of the best coaches uh, in college football, at teaching wide zone blocking, um, I don't know how Alberto is going to do as yeah. far as as far as run blocking in this offense. It, it felt like he was more fit for that inside zone gap, single man responsibility. Um, not so much as the wide zone, but then again, he's also more of a U tight end, so maybe they use him in that sense. Um, so for me, when I look at this position, I think you know what? Maybe this is a position of need. New coaching staff, new offense. Maybe we do need to go out and get somebody that the coaching staff likes.
1: Yeah, especially when you're looking at the tight ends, Albert O and Noah Fant, and you're clearly lacking a archetype there. You have like Noah Fant and Albert O do similar things in a way. Like, I don't know. I think I think you're missing some type of archetype of tight end there. Like you were who is the I haven't watched him yet. I think it was the Virginia tight end you were talking about. Jelani Woods. Yeah. Jelani Woods is a completely different type of tight end. You can Mm just tell by his, um, size and how he's built. Clearly it's a different type. Massive, massive. kind of reminds you of like, uh, the Shanahan days with Daniel Graham or something like that. Right. But, uh, it's something they need. They need that third guy and it is a need. Um, I'll just talk about one guy I watched Pat kind of hit on him. I don't think he's a great fit in this offense for similar reasons. Pat said he's not a great blocker, but Cole Turner is really fun. I liked watching Cole Turner a lot. I like how they move him out to receiver in the red zone. And then you just have this six foot six red zone jump ball threat. And Mm -hmm. um, he's really good at pushing. Down the field as a vertical threat, he does a lot of good things. Uh, I just don't know if that's something the Broncos need right now with a Albert O and a Noah fan Right.
0: Yeah, I uh, I've made some good progress on a uh, tight ends getting ready for this one. Pat listed off all the guys I watched. It didn't get too far into Ruckert, but yeah, I had the blocking question, so I wanted to. Uh, yeah. uh, that, that's what I was going to, be you addressed it. Um, I like record or, or go ahead. Yeah, oh, wanna... well, I was just going to touch on it really quick. I mean, it,
2: it's, it all goes back to, um, the type of blocking assignments that they have. So, uh, when you have, you can have this inside zone, uh, type of blocking scheme where, your your assignments can vary from time to time but communication is key like they're always talking um and then you have this like split zone where you're running the tight end across and he's kicking out um i think that Rucker is probably more built for that like if if we were still in this Shermer offense i'd be like oh yeah jeremy rucker like (laughs) go get this guy but I think for now like i would have to see how how well he does at blocking down and washing out and creating cutback lanes which is what this run game is all about is about uh you're you're either getting to the edge or you're cutting back that's it uh with the gap in the inside zone hey we're hitting a specific hole uh and it better be clear right so You have to be very physical in the run game. You have to be a a punishing guy. It's why George Kittle has done so well in San Francisco. They tailored, I mean, really, Shanahan's offense is built for a guy like this some guy who is uber athletic, very strong in the weight room, and understands how to run this offense. And where did George Kittle come from, Zach? Where did he come from? Iowa. Iowa. You're highlighting there you go. I mean, it. they've run outside zone. They know how to teach it. They know how to execute it. And George Kittle does it well. I always bring it up to my guys at the high school level. You can watch George Kittle, but watch how physical he actually is. That is the type of mentality that you want when you're looking at a, a, a tight end for this type of system. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, absolutely. And I think that's why uh, watching him, I, I'm with you. Trey McBride has to be Tight end, one at least for the Broncos, and I think it's by a wide margin. When you look at what he can do as a blocker, um, one thing you didn't—he was used quite a bit as a fullback in CSU system, and Thank like you. it's because of how good of a block. It's not yeah. like the Andrew Beck thing where it's like, ah, fuck, we need a fullback. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like this guy's an awesome blocker. Let's get him reps could, as a fullback. Um, could you
2: could you imagine a world where they go? I mean, they go twenty-two personnel and you have Fant, Albert O, Trey McBride, and Javante Williams on the field at the same time. I yeah. mean, it's, it's ugly.
0: And you and look at you teams like, sorry, you look at what like the Rams and Niners do so much of it is, or, or maybe the, uh, the Patriots are another good example. They want to get you into a uh, base defense just for the audience. What's called a base defense where you have four defensive backs on the field and seven front defenders. Um, And that means you have seven linebackers slash defensive linemen who are lesser athletes in coverage. And if you have a Trey McBride as one of those extra guys to cover, an Albert O, a Noah Fant, like you can really exploit those matchups against linebackers. Um, So I think that's very valuable. He uh, was
1: just going to say that exact same thing. Like, they're they're looking at the huddle. They see three tight ends there. They have to match base personnel. All of a sudden, fans at wide receiver, you have Albert O on the other side. Like, how do, how do you match up? It's a tough thing. Yeah. It's, and if, it's, you,
0: yeah, sorry, I, if you – sorry. If you do pivot by going light and you go, well, just because if the audience is thinking this, like, oh, well, McBride's a tight end and fans kind of a wide receiver. We'll go light to match up the passing game then you're going to get mauled in the run game and they're mm-hmm. going to take six yards per carry on you every single snap and be happy with it. It's, oh, yeah. uh, it's a nice option to have. And, and yeah, the Rams are the one that really stand out to me as a team that uh, wants to get you, or or the Niners too, where they have so many guys that are, uh, uh, I'm trying to think, like they can be versatile p- uh, personnel groupings where they can kind of operate as an eleven. Or as a twenty-two without making substitutions, and that fucks with the defense because the defense, uh, if they're not able to make those substitutions, you can create mismatches very easily.
1: Yeah, it was part of the reason I was daydreaming about Pitts in the Broncos jersey so much less. Love so uh, I, I won't get into it, but man, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna show you guys this really quick, okay? This the the listeners won't be able to see this, but this is this is me as an offensive mind, okay? So. We're gonna take a look at this here.
1: This
2: is like
0: Hackett. <clears> We're at some scribble down plays.
2: Okay, so this is this is essentially the like kind of the play that Hackett was doing. But imagine this guy right here is uh you know Trey McBride. You got him as the uh, the fullback here coming out of the backfield, you got Albert O on the shallow cross, you got Noah Fant here with this little sit route, and then you got Cortland Sutton out here running a go to clear it out. Little play action boot to the wide side, and then you hit Trey McBride down the field. If Broncos fans don't want that, I don't know how to help them. All right, Patrick.
0: I, Patrick just blew up for the for the audience. Patrick just drew up a beautiful uh, three by one with the backfield. A, a strong, <laughs> uh, a boot. It's str- uh, strong. Uh, yeah, Straight. Str- what would you uh, call it, Pat?
2: Uh, I would. I would call this. Uh, if I was in my old offense, this would be a strong eye right, uh naked left F wheel.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, or right, to, it'd be for the, s-
1: strong eye like right
2: you? no F wheel because you're using the fullback. Full fullback F- full, full oh, in my F- offense my. is F. So I was an F tight end. Strong uh strong eye right uh naked left drive F wheel.
0: There you go. Alright, so uh, there's the uh, uh, just for people at home to kind of picture it. Uh, maybe you can send me a, 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 a just a I'll photo of the paper. I'll send I was Yeah. Alright. <laughs> that was um, fun. Well, I love tight other, ends. Yes, tight ends are great. Sorry, one other guy. Uh, so, Isaiah Likely, I think he only makes sense if you're worried about um, your future with the Fant or and but um, maybe he's in uh, insurance for those guys, but yeah, it, it's not as important at tight end as it is a wide receiver, but you want the different skill sets. Yeah. Um, and I think Isaiah likely in that room is just too redundant. Um, I, Kate Otten I like because, as you are saying, I think McBride's range is a little rich for the Broncos just yeah. because they need, a, or maybe not a need, their other needs, uh, corner, tackle, edge, are premier positions that you're yeah. going to want to target with early draft picks. So maybe tight end, especially because we're looking at a number three or a number two tight end, maybe that gets pushed down uh, 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 the board a bit to the mid-rounds. And I think then you look at a guy like Kate Otten, who you said maybe not the best blocker, but extremely willing, enjoys enjoys being physical and long. He's got awesome length at the position, which really helps him uh, in his blocking. And although he's not a dynamic receiver, he's a reliable one. He's a guy who you can run on a a little – like spacing concept or stick or something, just get past the sticks. I'm going to throw it into your body and, and you'll come down with the catch uh, 90% He's, of the time.
2: I've also seen him, uh, I, I've seen them run, oh, Washington's offense was not very good this last year, um, but I've seen them run him on like uh, some slot fades. I've seen them run him on wheels, uh, on on the seam routes. He, he gets open and he finishes plays very well. Uh, so I think if the Broncos are looking for a guy to bring in just as a tight end three, <clears throat> I would love Kate Auden to be one of those guys that they pick in the you know fourth or fifth round. Even with that last fifth round pick, if he's there, why not? Take a shot.
0: If you can get him there, I think you're oh, yeah. absolutely excited. That's, Great that's value. a home run. Um, yeah. Because he's plug and play. He's, I think, really like – the upside's not through the roof, but you you put him in this scheme and like year one, you're like, okay, we've got a better – if Oak Wave and I'm struggling there, um, we can put this guy in that and take on more of the blocking responsibilities and feel comfortable. Um, I think one last thing we're going to get out of here on, uh, uh, we'll be really quick with this uh, if you have the time, Pat. Um, Mario came up with this game uh, uh, as a suggestion for the show, so we're we're going to go out on this. Uh, quarterback's the big conversation in Broncos country, uh, especially. I think everyone yeah. knows what plan A and plan B is with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. But if they strike out, they're going to have to go with a backup plan. And the backup plans aren't super uh desirable. So we'll go over. um Speak for uh, Shoot, what was the one he forgot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, the one that he forgot. I'm trying to see. Am I missing anyone? Trubisky. Yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, the list
1: here <sighs>
0: is – so we're going to be ranking these quarterbacks as potential options.
1: Are we doing Cousins, this as a group or individually?
0: Uh, Individually. We'll run through it. Yeah, the quarterbacks we'll for, it quick. for the listeners are Cousins, uh, Kirk, uh, Carson Wentz, uh, Jameis Winston, Jimmy G, Drew Locke, Marcus Mariota, and Mitch Trubisky. Wow. Uh, do, do either of you want to start or should I go first? Zach, why don't you go first?
2: Because yeah. I'm still trying to figure out the how to wrap my head around all this.
1: This will be a complete freestyle for me. Um, <laughs> we're, you're about to see... <laughs> don't hold me to this. This is open to change. but
0: Yeah, this is all... We're not digging too nitty-gritty into the contracts and everything. Um, so number one, I'm going Kurt Cousins. I think he's definitely the best quarterback on that list. Um, and... I think uh, you can have him for one year. Uh, He is going to be – it's 35 if you can't get the Vikings to eat any of it. But, I mean, you saw uh, the the Eagles eat a considerable amount of Wentz's contract, the Jets with Darnold, the um, uh, uh, Panthers with Teddy just last offseason. There's definitely precedent for it. Um, So if you can get it under 30 – I think you're getting cousins for a relative bargain when you look at what other quarterbacks are going for nowadays. And you can be fun. You can be competent on offense. You can pass the ball downfield. It'll be like, uh, like Teddy was the the bare minimum of competency. This is a a better level of competency where the Broncos offense could actually be fun. um, A little dynamic. And, and, you know, you, maybe you win a playoff game. The ceiling's probably you win a playoff game, but guess what people that fucking matters. When you're going through a cultural rebuild, as the Broncos are going through, you don't want to be a loser for 10 years because that shit carries over. Ask a New York Jets fan. Ask a Cleveland Browns fan. Ask a Buffalo Bills fan. Before like this current stretch they're going on, once you're in the pit of despair for long enough, like it leaves a stain that is hard to get out of your franchise. Don't just go, oh well, Kirk Cousins won't win the Super Bowl for us in 2022. No. No, you don't want to go 3 and 14 with Drew Locke, necessarily. Like it, it it's there's worse things in the world than like look at the uh, 2012 Broncos. 2012 Broncos were one and done in the playoffs. Sign me the fuck up for that season. Oh my god, I would love to experience the 2012 season um all over again. Uh so yeah, that's my that's my pitch for Kirk Cousins. Number, one. I won't go that long on all these guys, but I, I feel like I have to defend the Cousins. So Cousins won with a <laughs> bullet. Uh, I think then, ooh, then there's a, sh- a sharp drop off. Um, two, ooh, I'll go, I'll go Wentz because I okay. think he was fine last year. Mm. Um, things are kind of a mess, but he's kind of cheap. The, my problem is everything was perfect for him last year, and he still wasn't very good. Uh, but he's relatively cheap considering these other options because my number one priority is only being committed to these guys for a year. None of these guys are long-term options. I don't want. Uh, I just want him to be here for one year, and then I can readdress the position in 23. Uh, so he's two. I'll say Jimmy G is three for that reason. Locke is four because. Only one year commitment, but he has been the worst of those four objectively, motherfuckers. Uh, that's like, the <laughs> so far. Uh, well, no. I don't even want to hear anyone saying he's been better than Wincer, Jimmy G, or Kirk Cousins so far. In this group, that's fucking laughable.
1: No. Uh, any angry fans? Actually, he's I the worst of Jack any Spears of these Spears seven. All your yeah,
0: come <laughs> at me. If you think, an <laughs> four maybe you believe in the potential more, fine. But God. in his first three years, Locke has not reached a peak. Higher than Mariota, Trubisky, Cousins, Winston, or Jimmy G's average level of play. Okay. So let's uh, uh, move on. I'll say Locksborough though, because I'm not going to have to sign him to a new deal. Can get out of it easily. Yeah. Yeah. And then that leaves me with Winston, Mariota, Trubisky. I'll go Winston. Oh, man. They're, those three are all very close for me. I'll go Winston, Trubisky, Mariota. <clears throat> okay.
2: Okay. Um... So, my number one is Kirk Cousins. Um, I think that he's. that right answer. The, Joey, 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 listen, listen. I'm just kidding. I'm giving you a hard The time. reason I say this, the reason I say this, uh, yes, it will cost quite a bit to trade for him. Yes, the cap hit, especially if Minnesota doesn't take any of it off, is big. But he has experience in an outside zone scheme. He has the experience there. He knows how to run a similar offense. Clint Kubiak is very familiar. Sign me up. I'll take Kirk Cousins. If the trade is right, I'll take Kirk Cousins. If we got to eat a bunch of money, all right, you know what? Okay, fine. But I think that he has more weapons in Denver than he would in Minnesota, and we've already seen what he could do with – with uh, Stefan Diggs slash Adam Thielen and Adam Thielen slash Justin Jefferson. So I think Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, uh, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, Albert O, Javante Williams, I think he's got a good chance for success there. Number two, I went with Jimmy G. Mm. Why? I don't mind it. Experience in an outside zone system experience in this system is going to be huge whatever quarter whatever quarterback that we go after they got to have experience russell wilson still has experience with an outside zone system aaron Rodgers literally ran the same offense in green bay uh number four or sorry number three i put Jameis winston and here's why i think he did very well in new orleans granted it's sean payton sean payton's one of the best coaches at getting the most out of his quarterbacks in NFL history I think that that was great I do think that Winston deserves um, a, another chance a better chance will he be good in this system eh, I don't know maybe not but I like his potential uh, he has the arm talent that these coaches are looking for which is great and he's had to use his legs from time to time uh, he's just got his his legs spin.
0: are really underrated right yes in the pocket
2: well now not so much one of them's been restructured oh, so you yeah, know. it's a good point i was forgetting but ACL.
0: yeah that but you're to take step but forward.
2: you're not wrong and those instincts are there so he's got the arm talent he's got the athleticism to to make plays out of the pocket i think those are every those are traits that this coaching staff is looking for number four i have drew Locke. very similar to the reasons that you gave zach Uh very short term. This is his last year. This is a prove it deal.
0: Uh or this is a prove it year. It's cheap. No cost of acquisition.
2: Exactly. And the you know, will we win a ton of games? Will we win ten games with Drew Locke? I don't think so. Um, (laughs) but it I think it does heavily depend on what this coaching staff is looking for. They've been very vocal about the type of traits that they're looking for in their quarterback. And they've, and Justin Alton's had good things to say about Drew Locke. So maybe they take this teaching approach and they teach him how to be a consummate professional in the NFL. The attitude issues that have come up over the last few weeks are very concerning and honestly, very disappointing for me. Uh, because I did like Drew Locke as a guy, um, I, I was one of those people that thought, you know, hey, maybe this kid has it in him. Maybe he doesn't. Um, so far, he doesn't. Uh, but he still has one year left on his deal. He's still on the roster, so put him down for four. Number five, I have Marcus Mariota. Um, <clears throat> I'm very intrigued as to what he can do. He is very mobile. He does have a good let. Uh, he does have a good arm. Um, so, and he's a great guy. Met him in person. He's fantastic. Uh, he's an awesome human being. Sko Ducks. sixth, Carson Wentz. Um, I'll put it frank. He stinks. He he does stink, but not as bad as Drew Luck. But he stinks. He had a lot. He, he does numbers on paper don't look terrible. Twenty some touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he should have had like thirteen or fourteen picks. Um, and a lot of those interceptions also came in the red zone, which is an area that we've struggled for a while. So that kind of scares the shit out of me. And lastly, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Uh, I just, I, I don't know what to say about Mitch Trubisky. I think that he is athletic. And I said this in the group chat earlier, Zach, I think that Mitch Trubisky and Drew Locke are kind of similar in a lot of ways. I think mm-hmm. that they kind of both went through their own uh, coaching issues. I'm not trying to make excuses for Drew Locke. Um, but they that's both fair. they both went through these weird coaching issues. Um, but both have these tools to where it's like, okay, like maybe we have something here. Uh, maybe we don't. Mitch Trubisky did get to the playoffs uh, under Matt Nagy, something that uh, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields were not able to do. So that's my list.
1: I like it. I like it. I like I like both years. Mine's a little different. Ooh, um, let's go from you guys. So one, I agree with both you guys with the first one, Kirk Cousins, for similar reasons. I think that thought he was going to go lock.
2: I thought he was going go to go to Sean Watson.
1: I'd <laughs> be a crazy <laughs> curveball. Kidding! I'm kidding. Kurt Warner? Hey, no, I'm just <laughs> um, is uh
2: what's his name available? The guy yeah. that played Kurt Warner? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach Le- Levy, Zachary Levi? Taylor? Yeah, Levi. Yeah, oh, yeah. Taylor's so, the president.
1: Kirk Cousins won. I think the trade would be worth it if it yeah. was reasonable because he could get the Broncos over the hump into a playoff contention, I believe. Other than yeah. that, I'm not looking to trade. I don't want to give up assets for this quarterback because I don't think any of these guys are going to get us over the hump. That's so crazy. I went free agents first after that. I went Winston is my number one off of that. Mariota. Hey. Uh, Trubisky, and then Locke. And then after that, I did winch Jimmy G just because you would have to give up assets for them.
2: Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I am curious to Jimmy G's value. And Zach, I mentioned this earlier. I'm very scared by Jimmy G's health situation and his durability. Yeah. that, That kind of puts me off, but I put him as two just because of scheme fit.
0: The scheme fit makes sense. And I think... So it's interesting how you did it differently, Joey. What scared me like more was how long am I going to be tied to this guy? If mm-hmm. I know I can get Winston for a one year deal, or if I can get, um, here's the other one, Mariota on a one year deal or Trubisky on a one year deal. That's m- much more appealing to me. My fear is that it feels like so many teams are going to be playing quarterback musical chairs this year, that there will be enough of a market that these guys can lock you in for two, three years. and, so to where you were going, I don't think any of these guys are the answer. So I don't want to sacrifice draft capital for them, which I, I think is a, uh, I just think it's different ways to skin the cat. I'm not yeah. trying to say one's better or one's worse. Um, I was thinking I don't want to be tied to these guys for any amount of time past 2022. Um so I want the the guys with the lack of dead money. Um, but I like that. That was a, a good little thing to end it on. I do have to wrap up, though, because I'm running late for uh, Mile High Sports charity benefit. But uh, I, I appreciate uh, 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 both of you hopping on the show. Uh, everyone, make sure you're checking out Pat's incredible work, at Patrick Chiotti on Twitter. That's C-H-I-O-T-T-I on the last name there. Uh, check it out. Uh, uh, check out his work over at Predominantly Orange. Rise and Draft, too, I think is is. Uh, – I'll be putting you know, some content maybe,
1: on there. I haven't. Maybe he doesn't I,
0: have the know. name. He's going to be uh, – maybe he doesn't have the name recognition yet, but might be the best uh, uh, draft site out there. Absolutely incredible coverage. Oh, yeah. Go check that out. And, uh, Pat, what else do you have uh, to plug really quick?
2: I just want to plug you guys, honestly. All your guys' work is amazing. This podcast is awesome. Uh, I'm really excited to to listen to your guys' podcast with Bree. And, of course, join the spaces. So uh, you guys are awesome. I love both of you. I'm so proud, immensely proud of, of the work that you guys are doing. And it's only going to go up
1: from here. Hey, man. Well, we thank appreciate you, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you so uh, much. Joey, uh, uh, shout out your work. Everyone, Mile High Sports at JR Drafts. But uh, uh, tell the people what you have coming out here. So,
1: um, I am writing a piece on potential prospects at right tackle that could fit the broncos that's something that i would keep an eye out for coming out soon i'm in the midst of just um i've written about three of them i'm going to go four and i'm watching one left and then it'll be all done so yeah keep an eye out for that one i'm excited to put that out
0: hell yeah boys absolutely great yeah show. and then like uh, combine other draft content coming out of my high sports check that out find me on twitter at zach underscore Segers. Um, and until next time, everybody, let's go Broncos!